0: Welcome, everybody, to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whiskerware Apparel, along with Chuck Davidson and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and tonight we have Clint Gisling on the show with us tonight, but before we get to Clint, how's it going, you guys? I know, Doc, you're down in uh, Kingston, Tennessee.
1: Yep. We are coming live from Kingston, Tennessee. It's 72 (laughs) degrees down here. It's raining, but uh it beats Ohio weather.
2: Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. That's yeah. my dream spot, man, my dream spot. I'm telling
0: you, it's a, you know, I don't know how you figured out how to do that phone thing, but you're, you're actually you're pretty clear and everything's going good. So uh, I'm glad you made all that happen. I know there will be a lot of people looking forward to tonight's tip. I've already seen a preview of it, so uh, everybody needs to stay tuned. Chuck, how's things in Alabama tonight?
2: Uh, we got uh, some storms coming through, not too bad, uh, just enough to get the rivers uh, flowing pretty good. Um, you know, the the Sea Ark tournament was here last week, and the guys uh, seemed to had. I didn't go up to see any of it, but you know, I know I know Thursday and Friday had some really bad, uh, you know, wind and swells and stuff. Uh, you know, and th- them them guys from. Uh, Ohio pulled it off again. They're,
0: you know, I, I want to touch on that just for one minute. You know, every, at all, <laughs> Casey Tudorow and John Masters, they set out there with a 16-foot boat that will run 35 <laughs> mile an hour at very best, and everybody's talking about, oh, I've got to have a boat that will run 40. i got to have a boat that will run 60. i got to have a boat that will run 70 mile an hour. They win in and out. Uh, even if they don't win, they're in the money at a very high percentage of the tournaments they fish in. Uh, now, congratulations to Casey and John. Those guys take that little 16-foot CR, and and you know when they pull in to a boat ramp to a tournament that you're going to have to beat them. You know they may not win it, but you, to to get in the money, you're going to have to beat them guys because day in and day out, they're as tough as they come. And they don't have they don't have a hundred mile an hour boat. They don't have all the 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 stuff that a lot of the guys are got. They're just quality fishermen doing what they know how to do. Now, has anybody got any anything to say other than that?
1: Yeah, they're, uh, they're very good. I've known them a long time. Uh, I remember when they were fishing, you know that, and they were young kids and man, the the thing of it was they learned and they learned fast and they're still learning. And they're still, and they're just showing people, hey, you know, you don't have to have the all the great big boats and stuff like that, but they flat can put fish in the boat. They always have.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. They, they they do it and do it and do it. And, you know, whenever they go to Monsters on the Ohio, they're, they're tough. Whenever they go to... When they show up down there to the Mississippi River Monsters, there'll be somebody you're going to have to beat to, to do any good, you know, and uh, everybody knows that. They're, and if they're in one of their home water tournaments, I can only imagine going down there and fishing against them guys over there where, where they're at, you know. Uh, just be uh, It would almost be a dreaded deal where you knew you was going to have to fish against them guys in a place where they <laughs> fish every week, yeah. you know. But uh, they're really tough guys. They're good people, and I'm I'm very proud for them to have done so well down there at the Arc tournament. You know, we had uh, a couple of our Black Horse Pro staff guys. Uh, uh, Bill Parfit fished with ja- Jason Jackson, and they ended up getting fourth. And um, uh, who am I trying to think of, Chuck? Uh, Matthias. No, uh, Jason and Vicky. They had to come in early. Uh, they had some uh, illness in the family. They had to rush home. They didn't get to do good, but but Justin <laughs> Wolf finished that tournament with uh, Joe Lucky, and they ended up getting fifth. And congratulations yeah. to both of those guys for doing really well. And uh, we hope that uh, that Vicky's uh, fellow does is doing really well, and and everything's going good uh, since they've got back. I talked to Jason this morning. They had some some issues uh, going on with some of that stuff so I'm, I'm wishing her the best with all Did that. Did they blast but off uh, Saturday
2: morning? They blasted yeah, off yeah. with the fish?
0: Yeah and then they got a phone call and had to go in and, and that's a shame but uh, you got to, uh, family's got to come first no matter what. We we've, uh, My brother's wife had a stroke, we spent the weekend most of it uh, or part of it uh, in Columbia with Carolyn and, and uh, if you guys don't mind you might say uh, kind word to the big man for her because she's uh, struggling a little bit with the right side of her body after that and we just went through that with Cindy's mom two weeks ago had a stroke so it's it's uh seems like every weekend somebody's got something going on but uh, it is what it is and we'll make it make the best out of it and go along but uh tonight we got Clint on the show Clint how's it going buddy
3: oh doing great doing great Missouri, Missouri River's always great right
0: yeah, I like it. But you know a lot of people don't, and a lot of people don't don't realize about it what you and I do. <laughs> sure. Sure. It's uh it's got the, it's got its likes and dislikes uh every facet of it, but that Missouri River is a great place to fish and it's a lot of fun and uh you just have to pay a little bit of attention. I know you've been fishing it your whole life, so it it'd be nothing new to you.
3: No, I I enjoyed fishing even as a kid. You know, we we fished it a lot and uh it's very humbling. I don't care if you're eighty years old or twenty years old or or five years old, it's it's a pretty humbling river. One day you can go out there and and it's you know you can get two hundred pounds and the next day you can go out there and, and you're struggling to get a rat bite. So you never know what you're gonna find depending on depending on where you're at and what the river's doing, it's always a different bite. Every day's different
0: and that's exactly right and, and... Uh, one thing you can depend on on that Missouri River is there are always going to be a lot of current in it, it does not matter if it's really really low or if it's really really high just the higher it gets the faster it is and the lower it gets the slower it gets but it's never as slow as most rivers are when they're low you know it just or no, when
3: they're at their worst you, if, you if, if nobody's been on it and if they were down winter blues on Wheeler uh, the day we got down there was on Monday or Tuesday that week, and I think they were had dams full open down there. And it was water was moving pretty good down there. And the, I got a phone call from a guy out of Ohio, and he asked me, how what's it look like? And I said, it looks about half the speed of the Missouri River. And he got down there, and he says, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so, you never, I mean, it's kind of a different experience, but, you know, they still brought in Fish when the water was smoking hot down there, and and uh, and it's Missouri rivers like that every day, and it, you just got to learn how to fish it. It's no different than the other body of water.
0: That's right, and you got to have a you got to have a quality anchor and good ropes, and and you uh, know which dikes that they bite on, and which bikes they don't dikes they don't bite on, and and uh, just make the best of it. It's it's no different than fishing anything else. It's just something that you need to pay a lot more of attention to most other places. Sure,
3: well sure. Well,
0: Well, Chuck, have you got some uh, questions prepared for Clint tonight?
2: Uh, Yes, uh, but we had a request from uh, Scott Ross on our group earlier in the week, and he said that there's three questions that he would like to hear in interviews, and uh, I want to go over those three uh, to see how this works out. They're pretty good questions. Um, What's the scariest boat predicament you've been in, Clint?
3: uh... one night when i was out fishing the missouri river uh... water was up and uh... like got a day school and <laughs> an anchor of and going out on a flat <laughs> and it's looking pretty good and of course uh... anybody that fishes the missouri river if you're in less than six foot of water and sand you know that it, that anchor is probably going to sand in and you know your weights are probably going to sand in so every thirty minutes or so you you look up every one of your rods and you, you, you pull the lead free and i hadn't and uh... with the river being up uh, Big old cottonwood tree had rolled down the river and got on my anchor rope, and I I didn't realize what was going on because i had fallen asleep in the front of the boat, and I felt water on my right shoulder. I was laying down in the front of the boat, and I felt water on my right shoulder, and I woke up and I was looking up at the motor, and I knew I was in a bad state of affairs. So. Uh, by the time I turned around, the tree had rolled off, and the boat slammed back down the water. And I thought, you know what? I, I believe it's time to go in for the night. So that you always live and learn. I'm, I'm glad I lived through that one to learn. Now, the water was only six feet deep, so I don't think I would have been, you know, terrible out of shape. But uh, at the same time, it, it opens your eyes a little bit.
2: Okay. Um what about your most memorable fish lost? You know, freshwater it and salt water, so touching the leader don't count. Um, what's the most memorable fish that you've lost and uh, didn't get to, you know, get your weights and uh, pitchers and all that good
3: stuff? Uh, of course, the biggest fish you ever caught was the one you lost, didn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what, I, think, I, I think what he's talking about, one that you've actually, um, you know, your most memorable fish? I don't know if it's after a long fight and you never get to see it. I don't know really what he's talking about. Just, what's your most memorable moment on a on a fish that you've lost?
3: I I've had two. I would say I was fishing one night late, about eleven o'clock at night. We finally had a rod go down, and it, and it went down hard enough where I thought it was you know a stump or something had been rolled across the bottom. And I mean no give at all, no head shake, no dob, no nothing, just straight down pull and uh, went away with it. And got about half the spool out, and uh, we finally decided to turn around. I don't think I turned him around. I think he decided to turn around. And uh, I would say it was probably on the. It always seems like a long time when you're on the pole, but I'd say we were probably on the pole for 20 or 25 minutes with that fish. And uh, mono wasn't real fast current. We were all fishing a sand flat, fishing a sand bar in the middle of the river. wasn't wasn't real fast current. And uh, fought him and fought him and fought him. And we had enough time to get all the other lines pulled up. Um, all five. We had six lines out. We got five of them pulled up and in the boat. We had the net ready. And everything looked great, and we should have kicked the anchor loose, and we didn't. And I think that's probably what cost us. We got the fish up to the back of the boat, and the, the current was strong enough where that thing would open up its bit mouth, and it was like catching a five-gallon bucket of water. And it should go down and peel drag again. So you get it back up, and as soon as he opened up his mouth, we would fill up with water, and down the fish would go again. Um, I, I hand the rod off to the gal I was with. And uh, and she got up on the front of the boat. and When the fish came up, I grabbed him with both hands inside of his mouth. Had both hands inside of his mouth. I, I know the fish would have weighed easy 80s, maybe in the 90s, maybe 100. I don't know. But I had both hands inside of his mouth, and and he was pulling on me. in of course, with the mouth open, the current was catching him. It was like a drift sock, and uh, he I I was pretty much at his mercy. I mean, if he wanted to roll. As soon as he started to roll, he twisted both my arms up over top of one another, and there's nothing you can do. So it was either I was going to go swimming, or he was going to break the line, and and I ain't very good at swimming, so he broke the line. <laughs> and uh, the other time, I was in fast water on Missouri River on a hot water bend on the first dike up from a switch, and I'd hooked something fairly good size, and uh, he took the rod down and started peeling drag, and then all of a sudden everything slack, and I looked the. Looked down at the water, and, and the line was actually coming up, back up river at me. And so I reeled down on the fish, and uh, as soon as he got about even with me, I thought we'd kind of lay the wood to him there, make sure we had a good hook set. And uh, and I did, and he did nothing but peel drag and just keep going. And I uh, got down to oh, on a on a fathom, you got you know three three different lines there on the side of the side of the spool, and I got down my last line there on the spool. And I knew I had probably fifty or seventy-five yards worth. and We cranked down the drag to. A, all that we had, and uh, and he was gone. He took the rest of it with him. So I don't know how big it was. He was swimming against the current, and I would probably say six mile an hour current. And I, I and there's nothing I can do. By, by yourself, nothing you can do.
2: It takes a so big boy. Those, to... those, are some, those are some of my toad stories. Uh, what, what's your greatest day ever on the water?
3: Uh, I think we had 312 pounds one time on the water and I don't know how many that was in one day I'd say like seven or eight hours on the water and uh, I don't was know it? how many big fish I I'd say we probably we didn't hook anything under 25 pounds and I think our biggest was a 76
2: So. was you uh, on the Missouri?
3: oh yeah on Missouri yeah <laughs> as much as you fish a blind squirrel finds out every once in a while right? <laughs>
2: Okay. That, those are the three questions that uh, Scott Ross said that'd be great if 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 uh, every every time we had an interview that we went over those. And those those were some pretty good questions. I do agree. But uh, what other what other rivers do you fish? Um, you know, besides the Missouri that you frequent?
3: Oh gosh. I wouldn't say I, well, I, I, the Mississippi River would probably be the other one that's worth worth talking about. I mean, we, we, we go down the lake and fish a little bit down there. And, uh, of course, you got several little rivers and creeks and stuff that run into it. But Missouri and the Mississippi are the primary ones. And I fished a lot upper Mississippi, especially last year. We kind of put, put a lot of time into it up there and uh, learned how to fish it. I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but I can fish it. Uh, but Missouri River, Fish all river. Uh, when I was a kid, we went out to Virginia, and Maryland area, and we got to fish the Potomac. Now I didn't, we didn't do. I mean, I was pretty young when we did that. Probably seven years old or years <laughs> older. We fished it for two days out there, and uh, and so I have fished out there. I've never fished the James. Uh, of course, I fished Wheeler in Tennessee, um, but I, I don't know. I quite a, quite a few rivers. I, I've always kind of come back to Missouri, and uh, and I've always loved fishing it the most.
2: Do Do you fish any lakes in the area a lot?
3: When I was a kid, I lived close to the Mark Twain Lake, and uh, we fished it quite a bit, and uh, we brought out quality flatheads out of there. I mean, there was quality blues in there, too. We just didn't focus on those as much when I was a kid. Uh, and then, of course, the lake of the Ozarks, but uh, to be honest with you, I've been down there not a handful of times or better. I don't enjoy fishing down there just simply because there's, I don't think I got a chance of hooking a hundred down there, or at least my chances aren't as good as what they are in Missouri, uh, but uh, I have fish down there, and uh, I think I I know how to fish it. I wouldn't say I'm the best at it, but I can I can fish and I can bring back a fish to weigh in anyway. Uh, it's definitely a different bite, and it's a different style of fishing. And uh, I mean, the first time I went down there and had success, I sat in the same spot for four and a half hours. We caught 41 fish. And the biggest fish was 31 pounds, and it felt too much like work, and I decided I was going to go home. So <laughs> so I left.
2: I heard that. Um... You say you fish the Mississippi and the Missouri. Are they very very similar or are they two different beasts uh, in comparison uh, in the ways you would fish them?
3: The way I would fish them is uh, you know, it would probably be different. Missouri River i use an anchor and have a lot more. On the upper Mississippi, I mean, we'd still, we still anchored just because that's where we, were. But we had the option to, to drift ledges and those do those kind of things, and we could be successful at doing that, I believe, uh, but as far as using the graph and finding fish and spotting fish and, and looking at current seams and looking off the ends of dikes and above dikes and flat sand flats and the way you break down a sand flat, all that stuff was fairly similar, at least to my knowledge, and, uh, but when I got down the lower, in the I'd say from Alton lower where the current starts to pick up and the river starts to get great big, then then your style of fishing changes. I don't think it's an anchor game once you, once you're down by Cape Girardeau. It's definitely not an anchor game. Um, you know you're you're gonna have to learn how to dead stick. You're gonna have to learn how to bump. Uh, definitely gonna have to learn how to read water. It's deep. It's fast. It's wide. Uh, there's a lot of spots those fish could be, um, and it's I, I don't fish the Missouri River like that, uh, but Missouri River is a good Primer for something like down there at New Madrid or down there at Cape Girardeau, because uh, I can bump m- the Missouri River. But when we're bumping with a four-ounce weight up here or less, probably a three or two sometimes, depending on what the current's doing. Uh, down the Mississippi, you're you're bumping with eights, you're bumping with sixes. and that's uh. So I'd say you're probably double the current of the Missouri River on the on the Southern Mississippi would be my guess is how fast that is. So it's not near as fast. I mean, it's a lot faster with Missouri is even. So. Uh, I, I, yes, you're fishing the same as far as breaking it down and, and trying to figure out where the fish are at, and you localize the fish to a certain bend in the river or, or where you think your hot spot's at, or you know, whether it's a hole or whether it's a flat or whether they're moving up on ledges or big rock banks or whatever you're focusing on, whatever your structure or cover is, uh, you can focus on that the same way and break those areas down the same way and, and uh, try to approach them the same way, but uh, the style of getting your bait where you need it to be is different.
2: Okay, so after you get down there past Cairo, you know, where the, uh, you know, the, Missouri, where the Ohio's and Tennessee's and all those rivers uh, merge into the Mississippi, uh, do, have you ever fished down that way, and is that totally different fishing? Uh,
3: the far south I've been is new mad, or not, I've been only been on that water twice, and uh, it's intimidating. I mean, it, it's big, it's deep, it's fast. I mean, the dikes are, are a mile apart. Your bend's in the river. I mean, the, the bend in the river seems like it goes on for like two miles. So we're on the Missouri River. Your, your bend is a, it, you know, you can define a bend, and you can find the, the vortex of the bend where the bend is actually the fastest and the hardest. In Mississippi, that's pretty hard to do. I mean, you're looking at a two-mile stretch and trying to figure out where that bend is actually hitting the corner there, and it's, it's, it's just it's just huge you get down there and uh, and you'll you'll understand how fast it is uh, and where your fish are congregating and and how big just how big it is i mean you're you're looking at holes that are 60 80 feet deep and you got your flats are 40 45 feet foot, 60 foot deep and it's just it's a big intimidating it's a big intimidating river and uh the to throw an anchor out i mean how much anchor rope what does it take to throw an anchor out in 40 foot of water and in, say, eight, eight, ten mile an hour water. I mean, it'd, it'd take, what, 150 feet? So, or better, I'd probably more than that, to hold you still. So, it's, it's, it's not much of an anchor game. So, I don't know, my partner Dale and I, we've made kind of a, a habit of precision anchoring on fish, and, and spotting the fish, and getting above them, and get about 70 feet between us after the anchor's set. You know, that's kind of where we want to be at, just just a little bit upriver, throwing right on them. It's, it's not like that down there. I mean, you're, if your anchor catches and you're trying to assume where it catches at, and by that time you're heck, you're 200 yards down further than where you wanted to throw your anchor in at. So it's it's tough. It's, it's difficult precision anchoring there is a you take it take an act of Congress to get your anchor to stick and hold where you want it to, and then you, and then fighting a fish against that current would be tough, very tough.
2: So uh, you know, there's going to be this little tournament in September down there that they're going to call the Mississippi River Monsters. Are you going to go to that little thing?
3: I think I think that little dude I think we're already in that bit joker. I think, I don't know if we made top 10 but I think we're in the, definitely in the top 20 and, and we'll be down there. I mean, I, it's it's going to be fun. I know it's a big crowd and, and uh catfish is kind of finally getting the, the the public eye like it deserves. I mean, it's a great sport and uh there was a tournament here this Saturday and they had a little little soccer game, just a little kid soccer game going on right beside the uh right beside the ramp there and and we come in for weigh-in. We didn't have a very big weigh-in. And uh, the the soccer moms and the soccer dads and the whole bleachers are over there, and everybody's turned around watching the weigh-in. And, and some of these fish come out more than they are even watching their own kid play soccer. So I, I think people are starting to recognize it. Um, and hopefully we can find kind of a market for it or Bass Pro and the Camellos people can find a market for it. And uh, and and the industry has room for everybody because uh, it's a great sport.
2: Um, yes. Uh, you know, this event's coming up, and – You know, if everything goes good, you know, this is a good opportunity for it to maybe, you know, be able to finally, you know, get into the living rooms a little bit on Saturday or Sunday mornings. Uh, You know, Cabela's had their, uh, one of their uh, tournaments on TV. Via Fish Network or what, uh, WFN. But, um, you know, if we start getting... Um, you know, a lot of these tournaments weigh-ins, the interviews, and stuff in the living room, so these people can start seeing them um, and seeing how how we target these fish and how important these fish are in the conservation of them. You know, that's when things are really going to change. You know, everybody thinks they're such a trash fish, and um, you know, really don't understand the uh, you know, the catfish species at all, so I think after we get them in and they see there's a sport in this and there's a big interest and in it's a big fish, everybody likes to see big fish. If it's a 50-pound a carp, you know, people like seeing the big fish, um, and especially if you can go out and target them and, uh, you know, catch, catch them consistently, and that's where it's all at, you know, a lot of guys, you know, that, they knew there was big catfish. They knew there was 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. But that was just going out one or two times in your life and getting lucky and catching that fish. Um, you know, Now they don't know that you can actually go out, target these fish, use certain baits, use certain tactics, and, and get these fish in the boat, uh, weigh them in, let the crowd enjoy them, and then release them back in the lake for other people to enjoy, Um, and I think this tournament coming up is really going to be special, and I hope it can get where we need it to be and and get in the living rooms of lots of people. Do you – Yeah, I hope to see – you know, down there, I know Bass Pro's uh,
3: backing that thing. I'm hoping that they are are walking the the line here. I mean, we have got what 150 boats or something in that already, and I'm walking down through the roads there, and they're actually seeing what's in the boats and how they're set up and what kind of tackle they are using, asking these guys questions of, you know, what do you need to be more successful? Does it, you know, do you need uh, different electronics or, or uh, you know, you know, for precision decision anchoring? Do we need better GPS on our boats? Do we need? Uh, you know, stronger motors or, or different style hooks or different style lines, you know, those kind of things, you know, better reels and quality items. You know, um, I, I hope they're looking in the boats and finding something that they can market and market heavily so they can get more involved. And, and uh, that's what I expect down there. I, I expect them to, to make money off of having that tournament that big. They're getting about every, every good fish in the country will be there. And all the different tactics from all over the country. I fished the Ohio, I fished the Mississippi, the upper and lower Mississippi. I fished all over the Missouri from South Dakota on down. And, uh, and you know, I've been out to the, the Potomac and I fished out in New Mexico even. And I would tell you that uh, the tactics are different everywhere you go. Uh, you know, like in, on the Ohio River, your, your trolling motor is probably your best friend out there, even more so than an anchor. And on the Missouri, you're. you're your best friend is probably an aluminum boat more than a fiberglass boat, just depending on which, which style of fishing you're doing. So um, I hope they're looking at those things because they're going to have the best of everything come from across the country and all the tactics are going to kind of collide there. And uh, we're going to get to see which tactics work on that water because everybody's going to bring a little bit of their what their home localized fishing is like. And uh, and they're going to try to use it down there to their advantage. Uh, so. It will be very unique. It's going to be great for us, and I think it will be great for the industry. It's definitely be great for Bass Pro as long as they get their eyes open.
2: Right. Do you you see the, uh, you know, you fish in, uh, you know, a beast of an untamed river your whole life. Uh, Is that going to be a really big asset for you going down to the Mississippi River, or are you still going to have to research and... uh, you know, try different tactics that you're not used to. Do you think you're going to be able to bring your home game down there and, and, and be able to match up?
3: No, not you can't anchor. I mean, I, I don't think anchoring is going to be the t- ticket down there. And, uh, you know, I've, I've started to <laughs> start getting out of your comfort zone and you start bumping a little bit more and uh, and, and figuring that game out. And I think that is going to be the big the, the game down there. Uh, but I think what's even bigger is you got to find a stretch of river where the fish are holding you know, it's not. I mean, there's probably fish in every mile of that river, but I think there's more miles uh, that have more fish than uh, than other miles do. So you got to kind of find those hot spots on the river where those fish seem to be hanging out, whether that's down from the ramp or up from the ramp, wherever that may be. So you still got to do your homework. So I would say your your tactic of, of uh, bringing that bait to them is going to be important, but Using your electronics to your advantage and finding where the drop-offs are and where the holes are coming up, and uh, you know this is going to be a day tournament. and How those fish are moving through the day. If you get a couple of days in the water to figure that out, or if you can figure out that maybe they're they're biting on those revetment banks, uh, you can run to those. Or say they're they're hiding behind big dunes on flats. You, at least you have a place that you can run where you can find a. Uh, where you can reproduce that bite, you can repeat that bite several places in the river, or find out where they're holding. That's going to be the ticket of the game. So your local guys will always have the upper hand down there. I don't think there's um, anything to say that they won't. They know how to fish that river, and they fish very, very well. I mean, those guys. You think we're river rats in Missouri? You ought to see some of those jokers. So I mean, they're they're good fishermen. They know what they're doing. Uh, you know, you, you talk to the guys, uh, the Massingale brothers down there. I mean, those are excellent fishermen. If they bring that style of game, that's what I would expect to find down there, and that's what I f- expect to find to be, in the, you know, the guys in the top ten. More often than not, those guys will be the guys with the strong trolling motors that are learning how to bump.
2: So it's going to be the uh, the, the Jeff Dodds, the Massingales, um, the, those type of guys that, you know, frequent the Mississippi River. Um you know, this is going to be a very, one of the most centralized locations for, uh, for catfishing that, that's gone down in a long time. You know, it's more convenient for the Kansas City guys uh, just as well as convenient for the East Coast guys. So, you know, everybody's going to be bringing different games down there. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I believe when it comes all down to it, everybody's going to have to go to the, uh, the you know, what the home guys are doing and they're going to have to try to practice and get that down before they get there, Um, you know, because they're not going to be able to get there and pre-fish and get it perfected in a week, I wouldn't think.
3: No, it just takes time on the water. I mean, what's what's worth it more to you if you only got three days down there, I mean – uh, do you want to learn how to bump in three days and do exactly what you're doing, or would you rather use those three days to cover as much river as you can and find out where the fish are and try to present it to them uh, the way you would back home? I mean, if if you're a precision anchor man, you find out where the fish are at on a seam that you can get to and where you can anchor on them and and uh, and throw down those fish. And uh, so, do you use your electronics so you can fish like home, or do you use their tactics and fish like they do? And uh, and. You don't have you're 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 basically going at it blind. I mean you, you you can cover more river that way. I mean you can cover a lot of river like that more than you can anchor But uh, if your if your game is precision anchoring, when you want a precision anchor, I mean that's your game. But uh, so that's that's kind of the you, you you got one option or the other the way I see it because you've got a limited amount of time. So you either fish where the fish are or you try to get to the fish with their tactics. And it, it it's you know like I tell Dale. Every night you go to bed, you got two spots in mind, one's up river and one's probably upriver and one's probably downriver. And if you go down, you think you should have gone up, and if you go up, you should have gone
2: down. <laughs> it seems like the end of the day. So
3: I, I don't know. It's going to be very unique, and I'm excited to go down there.
2: Right. You know, and you know, I was, we was talking to George Young about it, and he was talking about that's the best time of the year for the river, uh, being the most calm and the most vessel friendly for. Uh, many types of boats Um, it's not saying that bad rains won't come something bad won't happen because you know as you know that fronts are going to come in every Friday if there's going to be a tournament there's going to be rain there's going to be muddy water Um, there's always going to be something thrown in there there's never a perfect day during the tournament pre-fishing yes never during the tournament but um, it's going to be you know something that I'm I'm looking forward to. It's going to be something new, um, and it's going to be a life experience that uh, I can knock off my bucket list, and then maybe, you know, add a few more notches on there as the years come. But um, I'm gonna pass you on to uh, Doc. I'm sure he's got plenty for you. And uh, it's been great quizzing you, man. And um, I might be hitting you up some more on uh, Messenger and getting some more info out of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Chuck. All uh, right. All right, Clint. Uh, what's your preferred bait? What do you like to use? uh... Before, before spawn, after spawn, winter. What do you got? Uh... Um, yeah, go. Just go right ahead with it. All <laughs> three. All uh,
3: right. I'd say in the winter, my best bait shad, and and I'd say we use it up to about the about and that spawning guy probably needs to be uh, probably switching bait over. I, we, we seem to have better luck on skip uh, after the spawn. As the water temperature seems to increase, you know, you go to a shallower water bite, the fish seem to move up on the flats and stuff like that a lot more. You're not fishing in deep holes, and it seems like that's where the bite meets. Um, I don't know how big it is out east, but uh, in Missouri, if you can find moon eye or gold eye, uh, that's a really good bait uh, even throughout, but I like it even more in the summer than I do in the winter.
1: You like it live or dead? Good answer. Okay. All right, so if if you're using something live, where do you hook it at with the current that you're having to deal with? Where do you hook your bait at if you're using live?
3: Uh, I've had a lot of guys ask us that. I mean, even if you're using creek chubs or carp minnows or something, I still hook my my live bait uh, right behind the back dorsal fin. Uh, just in front of the tail there. I still hook it from the back, and you'd think that's kind of opposite. Guys want to hook them in the lips or in the head or something like that or up in front of the dorsal fin, but uh, I still hook them in the back. I and I haven't found that it produces any better bite or anything like that. It's just the way I've done it ever since I was a kid. Maybe I need to uh, try it more, but uh, that's what I've always done, and I seem to get along. Seem to get along okay, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, what kind of hooks
3: are you using? Uh, the rip and lip style hooks for the team catfish style hooks work good, um, and we've experimented with that. I mean, we've gone to some of the, were they the L 197s We've done some of that. Uh, we've tried some of the. I've tried Trocar hooks. I didn't. I didn't fare as well with them. Uh, I've tried mustad hooks, uh, the Demon circles, uh, and um, and I just didn't like them. I, I. There's certain scenarios where I did, and there's certain scenarios where I didn't. I like the Mustangs as a stinger hook below like a team catfish hook if, I, if we're double hooking on a double hook rig, uh, but I didn't like them as just a single hook rig. I, it just didn't produce as good a bite. I, I'm kind of a geek. I log about everything and um, that pro- did produce my best hookups was, uh, was with the, the Demon Circles as a stinger below a team catfish hook. Uh, you know your big fish will still mash it and they'll get both hooks and they'll about zipper their mouth shut. But your smaller bites, that or or even a timid bite or a fickle bite, um, for your you know one to one to eight pound fish, I was getting a lot of those hookups on that demon circle hook. So uh, it just kind of changed as the as the season progressed. But that's been the best I've done as far as a as a two hook setup as a single hook setup. I just go with the team catfish, and I still use eight odd. I know guys, a lot of guys use ten odd hooks. But my theory is on that is uh your whether you're using mono or braid or whatever you're doing, I still think the weakest link in your whole setup needs to be your drag. You know, So I use 40-pound mono on the Missouri River, one of the fastest rivers in the, in the U.S., maybe one of the fastest in the world. And I'm only using 40-pound mono in that river. And guys are asking you, in to Christmas, why aren't you using a 150-pound Power Pro braid with a, with a 100-pound mono and running FG knots with backing mono? what why would you? Uh, Shimano Dakota only has twenty three pounds drag. <laughs> you know, so that should be that should, if there's something that gives in your setup, it should be your drag. And I've always believed that ever since I was a kid and, and I've caught a lot of big fish, a heck of a lot bigger fish than forty pounds on a forty pound test. So that's kinda of what I run. That's that's what I believe in.
1: How long is your leader in that fast current? Are you using short leaders, long leaders? Uh, leaders? Any I, I
3: wouldn't go much past 14 inches on my leader and I'd okay, say so you, I I'd probably don't short. go much shorter than 6 inches uh, yeah I mean is live bait or, or cut bait either either or I'm, I'm fine with that uh, yeah. and I just use sinker sliders with the weight directly attached we're not running we're not running uh, the dragon tails or at least I don't dragon tail rigs uh, and I don't I know some guys will drop their weight maybe 6 or 8 inches below uh, their main line, and uh, so if you get snagged in the rocks or something, they'll keep your bait above the rocks, and I didn't show any better bite doing it that way. I, I didn't like screw ways just because of the fact that when a fish pulling on your line, they can feel that weight on there, and I think it a, uh, uh, an instinctive kind of uh, retraction there where they, they, they feel... It's, it's a piece of dead bait They know it's a piece of dead bait They catch floating shed going down the river all the time so why is this shed trying to trying to fight back and why does it hurt my mouth so so in my perspective I think a guy on with a sinker slide you should, they should feel the rod tip maybe that's about it and been uh, about a 14 inch liter or so is what I run Excellent.
1: All right. thanks uh, Lyle your turn. Well, I want to get
0: off on something a little bit different with you, Clint. Um, I know we've got a big tournament coming up uh, in Brunswick, and I know you have a little bit to do with making sure that goes off. And uh, maybe you could go over some of the uh, things that's going to take place up there at the Brunswick tournament.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Lyle. It's the, the Brunswick Catfishing Tournament. Actually, they're on the chat on the side there. Uh, I'll include a link for it if I can figure out how to do it. But uh, uh, you can just run to that Facebook page. I think it, did it show up down there? I hope
0: it did. It showed up in on your picture uh, on the on the um, uh, where we see your face and stuff. But it's already gone. But just uh, type it in the message <coughs> chat and it should pop up there.
2: That's the, uh, he, he, he typed it into the uh, chat for the uh, Hangouts. He didn't type it into the, the chat on on our uh, webpage.
3: Okay. A little bit yeah,
0: dysfunctional you know here,
2: but
3: anyway. Yeah, it'll be August sixth, and it is the biggest catfish tournament west of the Mississippi, uh, and it is on the Missouri River, out of Brunswick Ramp. They'll be releasing around the Grand River. Which uh, <clears throat> you'll have plenty of time to get into your boat. And there's the details are kind of ironed out on that. You can get in your boat as soon as you uh, as soon as you sign up. You can get your boat in the water, so nobody's going to be clogged up at the ramp. But uh, they're doing a release from the end of the Grand River, so we get the to bar any massive attacks of the Asian carp, <clears throat> hopefully, and uh, get How the boats to the end of the Grand that? River, and everybody will be staged there.
0: How far? Is it's only that about sort of a three miles,
3: time? so you can troll about three miles down. To the mouth from the ramp is about three miles, so you got three miles worth of area to park your boat and uh, and maneuver downriver. Okay. good. And so uh, that's kind of where that's at. I think on the, that's going to be on a Saturday, and that'll be on the evening. There, it's an evening tournament. Uh, it'll be an overnight tournament. Um, if you don't catch fish, you can take your boat out at a different ramp, and then we'll get you to your truck. Um, if you did catch fish, you will come back to that ramp. And, and go away at the high school and we'll have bleachers and set up there and there'll be a live tank there for to, to keep the fish healthy, especially the big ones, and people are going to be running the fish back to the river that, you know, the 8 to 10 pounders, the kickers. Um, and on the Friday before, we'll have a, a short little sign in there and they're going to have a barbecue. The town's going to put on a barbecue and uh, you can come out and uh, share share fishing lies and stories and and, cuss and discuss about anything you want to in the catfishing industry. There uh, with guys, and we'll have a barbecue set out there by Madison Street. If you're taking notes on that, uh, and I think that'll all be made public pretty soon. And there's a Brunswick cat Catfishing page on Facebook, and people sign up, get involved with that. Um, they're also doing a a fish finder giveaway for the first, I think it was like 50 or 70 boats that signed up pre-registered for that tournament. So, and it was a pretty good deal. I think it was a uh, I believe it is a Helix 9 SI, uh, where they retail at like 1000 or 1200 bucks, and a, a real nice unit that they're going to give away in a drawing at the tournament, um, and you can just PayPal your money in. It's pretty easy. PayPal your money in, show up uh, that evening and fish, and, and uh, come back to weigh in, and they'll do the drawing at weigh in for, for that. And uh, uh, Agri-Services Brunswick is a big part of that. Missouri River Towing is a big part of that. And uh, the town of Brunswick is a big part of that. And they do a great job with keeping everybody, uh, keeping everybody having a good time, and it's a, a great resource for the town. I hope I'll come down and, and pre-fish it and see what the Missouri River has to offer.
0: Uh, this this uh, tournament is run by Kansas City Catfish, Brad Kilpatrick, and them guys. Is that correct?
3: Yep, that's that's Brad's tournament trail. Um, is this a I, points? I, like I say it's August 6th it'll, it is but yeah if you want to go on this trail you can just tell the gallant sign in that you're in the points race and if, if you're not in the points race just tell her you're not interested and, and she'll still write you down the money's still good either way so so well, exactly. uh, yeah for points or not for points with that term <laughs> and, now, uh, now this is a and,
0: this uh,
3: tournament yeah, has a bunch you know, of added money. The tournament last year had uh, Yeah, my God, $5 now uh, is what added money is. That's without entry fees involved there at all. That's just the added money on top. And, and like I said, you've got a $1,000 fish finder that's being given away with this. There, There's a lot of money in that tournament. And last year, uh, if you want to take entry fees into it, uh, an entry fee is somewhere between $140 and 160 bucks, depending on when you sign up. And uh, uh, we had 98 people in the tournament last year. The year. Prior to that, we had 124 boats in the in the in that tournament. So, uh, you start adding up 100 bucks per turn, you know, per boat. Uh, for 124 boats, there's $12,000 uh, and then you got another $6500 added money there. So you're looking at $17,000 uh be handed out that that day. Yeah, uh,
0: you know and and uh, for those people that that are leery of the Missouri River at night, uh, it does bear some watching. But it's you know we fished a, some night tournaments on the Missouri River, and if you if you're careful like you should be anywhere you go, you'll be fine.
3: Yeah, I mean I hope everybody has a maps card, you know a, a Navionics card in the boat. I mean uh, those things are pretty true. I mean uh, but. You know, still have a light in your boat. Everybody, you know, everybody down here has a light in their boat. We don't run the river at night, just completely blind. uh, uh, Contrary to popular belief, so you know, you know, it's it's just just learning how to drive the creek. I mean, you you've the current side is always going to be your rock side, and just keep your boat on the rock side. It's it's not it's not terribly difficult. And I think once people show up, they'll understand. I mean, if you have already got 150 boats down there fishing. Uh, 10 to 15 mile an hour water down south at Memphis. I, I don't think that four mile an hour current up here at the Missouri River is going to bother very many people.
0: One one of the things that that I try to tell people is the Missouri River has so many wing wingdikes on it, and and most people are not uh, aware of how many is on it because uh, the last the last uh, dam on the Missouri is what South Dakota. So it, it's free-flowing all the way till it hits the Mississippi. And yep. that's where it starts gaining its speed. And and they put those wing dikes in there to cut the channels out and, and, and kind of dig it out to keep from doing all the dredging and stuff they did years ago. Now, my understanding is they're not going to maintain that because... There's not enough barge traffic that goes up and down the Missouri anymore to to justify doing it. And either way, if, if the water is at a normal pool, you'll be able to see all the dikes. So if you got you a spotlight or something where you can shine out in front of you, just don't crowd them. If you're you know, and if you want to fish the hole off the end of the, the trail dike or something, then just get out away from it a little bit. Don't try to you know run right up on it and, and fish right beside it uh, the holes will be at the end of it just like they are at any other one and you can get around behind the wing dykes but one thing of, about this new electronic stuff that we got and it doesn't matter what brand it is it all has a really good quality GPS system on it. If you go in a spot or if you go up and down that river when you're pre-fishing and you leave a trail mark on your on your unit if you stay pretty close to that, you'll be okay unless you was too close to start with. Uh, but, you know, we follow those things and pay attention to that, and we've never had an issue doing that no matter what river system or what lake we've been on. And, uh, you know, you've got to believe in them things. You're paying three, four, five thousand dollars 5000 for these babies, and, and you've got to, to put your, your, uh, uh, your will into them because that's why you buy them is because they're that good to start with, and they are very accurate.
3: Yeah, yep. Mind no not matter though. I mean, trust what you see. Just like, just like everybody told you, never sport you ever played, Trust what you see. Uh, so you're coming back in the middle of the night or in the morning, that morning it's foggy or something out. Just, just be a little bit careful. I mean, uh, just because it's where your track is at doesn't mean someone didn't move on your track in the middle of the night. You know, so just be careful and and uh, you know keep your head out and watch out for people. And everybody should have on. I mean, we follow all state regulations. You can't. You can't go over thirty five mile an hour at night on on in Missouri anyway at night in a boat. So if you follow the rules and there will be a polygraph in at the end of the contest, so if you're following the rules, these shouldn't be a big issue. I really don't I really don't think they are. You know, I hope you know people the And be, be, be some hesitant of the Missouri River uh because what it has the offers is such a better payout I, I am very frustrated at the end of a week if I've gone a week and I haven't caught a fish over 50 or 60 pounds. I mean, that's, that's the quality of fishery that's that's here, um, and that's that's the quality of fishing that you can expect to find.
0: Well, uh, and that was my next thing. When you fish that Brunswick tournament, uh, you need to be prepared to st- for what's going to be turned in at that weigh-in because there are always a, a bunch of quality fish turned in in that tournament.
3: Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Per five fish, it's it's comparable. I mean, it's I mean we don't we don't have a. You can take your biggest five and you bring them back in. So if they're over thirty four inches, you can catch five fish that are over thirty four inches and they weigh seventy pounds piece Bring them all back. I you may have to fill up your Your whole boat is a live well to keep them in the in the boat, but bring them on back. So I mean, as, as big a fish as what you can catch and you can bring them back to the ramp. And uh, there there is some serious. Last year wasn't a very good uh, weigh in. Just do the to the To the weather there, but uh, there's some very big fish. There'll be some very big bags brought back. Uh, 120, 130 pounds, probably. Um, if you don't, if you don't have over probably 70 or 80 pounds, you probably don't need to be feeling very comfortable at all.
2: Hey Clint, um, you know the the guys that aren't comfortable getting yeah. out there. Uh, you know, the I, I was looking at maps while ago, and there's a a Grand River and a, a what's that, Cheriton River. Um, Wake Dina Creek, uh, are those places you could go up in and, and catch pretty good fish too if you're not comfortable on getting out on that big river?
3: Uh, I've heard when there's other guys catching big fish that are walking out. I haven't, I've never caught a big fish yet out of there. I don't I don't make a habit of fishing it, but uh, I, I do know that a lot of big fish come here, quite a big fish, and uh. Uh, it's probably been four years ago now, but they brought a 94 pounder out of the out of the Grand River. So if you want to be like the the Strouth guy was at Wheeler and just fish right off the ramp, who knows? You may win it. <laughs> if you want to if you want to run up the Grand River a little ways, because there's been some 90 plus
2: pound fish caught up that thing.
3: Yeah, like uh, you were saying. I wouldn't earlier. say it's r- routinely happens, but it.
2: Happens. You know, just talking earlier, maybe before we went live, about butterballs being, uh, you know, they don't. Fight current too well, cause uh you know it's be like a basketball. Um, that might be some places where some guys can go up there and, and do really good if they don't want to get out on the big big uh swim. You you broke up pretty
0: bad. You're Chuck, exactly right. You yep, there. and those
3: those are very navigable. Actually. I got a lot of structure in them. Uh, a lot of structure in both of those, both of those rivers. I mean, uh, a fish finder, and, and uh, there's river bridges on up the Grand River and the Sheraton River. Uh, they have some rent banks that catch brush and stuff. So there's brush piles, and there's a lot of cover up there. And and just like uh, like well, I think he had shoe made on uh, a couple of weeks ago, Craig there, and, and he's very good at fishing the Missouri River. And he was talking the difference about cover and structure. And there's a lot of both on the Missouri River.
2: Right. All right, Lyle. I was just want to cover those little rivers for the guys that maybe didn't want to get out there and and, and fight that big one right off the bat.
0: Right. I, you know, and I'm not. Uh, are they allowing you to fish on the Grand River uh, this time?
3: Yep. Yep. It's not. Uh, it's not like a Cabela's tournament where you can't go up the tributaries. If you can, if you can run the Gasconade River, or if you want to run the Gasconade River, which is uh, I'd say probably close to 100 miles down. If you want to run to her and run up it, you're, you're more than welcome to do it. So I don't think Brad has any penalty on it. I do know that uh, I can't remember if it was out of Brunswick or out of Waverly a year or two ago. Uh, a guy ran 92 miles to get back to the Call River and and fished up the Call River 16 miles. So. If you if you can pack gas to, to run that far, you, you're more than welcome to go as far as you can to bring back as big biggest fish as what you can. Like I said, there's there is no dams to worry about locking through. So however fast you can get there, however fast your boat can go, it's easy to time <laughs> everything. So if you can if you got no time, it's going to take, you don't have to wait. of a damn anywhere.
0: Yeah, if you get to a dam leaving from up there, you've done some travel, and that's for damn sure. You're not going to get back in time for waiting.
2: <laughs>
0: hey guys, you must be in Lyle's out <laughs> <Applecat>. there. <laughs> That <laughs> uh, that monster cat won't run that fast. I don't. That's a long way to a damn from there
2: <laughs> Hey, when y'all when y'all guys are running up and down these rapid rivers, um, I've been wondering about this because I know it affects me a little bit. Uh, you know, if they're running, you know, one and two mile an hour current, but if you're if if they if they're really cutting loose, uh, you know, should you? You know, if you're if you're going down river, should you allow yourself a lot more time heading back up? Does it slow you down that much, uh when you're running back up that river?
3: Oh yeah. I I mean you're you're fighting four and a half, five mile current all the way back up, so I'd say on average uh, down river, between what you run down and run up, well, the, the difference is, is different as, is, you know, your boat's bigger, and it, the bigger motor you have on, it takes a lot of horsepower to cut the Missouri River, but uh, I'd say allow yourself probably a six-mile-an-hour difference between running down and running up. You can run down six-mile-an-hour faster, and you can run up just, just low averages, I'd say. Uh, uh, that'd be my guess. That's kind of where I'm at. I think I run um, about 40 down, and and, uh, and I'd say probably 37 to 36 mile an hour up, and that's a boat that's not very big, and not very fast. So, yeah, I allow your if you're going down the river, allow yourself more time to come back. Don't uh, don't put her down to pins and needles when you got you know. Oh, we ought to make it back two minutes before weigh-in because you'll be you'll be sadly s- sadly mistaken, I'm afraid.
2: Yeah, I've got a lot to learn about fishing these uh, you know high current rivers, and that's just stuff that you know it's common sense stuff that you might think about until it's too late.
3: Yeah, well, just I, allow yourself you know, time. Our, our I mean, I
2: hope everybody that, that you
3: know, we're picking up rods and we're picking up reels and uh, and we're getting ready for them. You know, we don't want to make it back right at weigh-in time and keep a slight motor failure, or if you have to stop and give the fish some new fresh water on your way back or something like that. You know, just to, just allow for those things. And uh, most of the guys that I fish with are around and. In all sorts of parts of the country, you know, down in Ohio, was the same way. Those guys, they'd pull over the side of the bank there, and they'd fill their live wells back up. And I saw guys uh, checking on their fish and getting those babies freshened up before they pulled them out of the water, too. So, just like any other place in the country.
2: Yeah, we've uh, we've really pulled out some good finishes by heading back early and, and going ahead and getting back close to the, uh, to the launch area and then finishing our fishing up, you know, just try to pick out a couple of spots ahead of time that we want to try that's pretty close. And, um, you know, we fished a couple of tournaments and, you know, pulled in a few fish that really, you know, got us on up the leaderboard a little bit just right by the ramp.
3: Oh, yeah, you bet. Your morning bite's not always going to be in the same spot as what your 7 p.m. bite is. So on an overnight tournament like they have out here, some of the best spots you might find are going to be the spots that you you can get back to it Say six in the morning, you'll have an hour left to fish in there before uh, before you got to weigh in or head head back to the weigh in. So, you're exactly right. I mean, your your best spot at night may be a switch, you know, and then all of a sudden it moves to the sandbars early in the morning or something like that. That that may be something you look at. You're exactly right.
0: Well, one of the things that I know um, with with our tracker boat, you know, it it had run. Uh, 35, 36 mile an hour down the river, depending on current, uh, 34 to 36, let's say, just as, as a rule. But when, when we was on the Missouri River, it would only run about 30, 31. And uh, now wow. with, this, with this monster cat, I've never run it wide open, so I don't really know how fast it'll go. Uh, but if you're running 55, 50, 55 mile an hour, uh, I can run that either direction because I don't never run it wide open. It just, you know, 45, that boat runs so good at around 40 mile an hour that it's so smooth and easy to control and uh, it, it don't burn near as much fuel. But, you know, it's a tournament boat. You're, that, that's not the, a tournament boat. You're, you're set to do what you have to do to get where you're going to go. Uh, but, you know, we just don't have to run it that hard. Uh, with that tracker, we had to run it wide open everywhere we went and this thing you don't have to do that so you you know I can't uh, tell I don't notice any difference going up or down the, the river because we don't run it wide open now uh, if we had to run it wide open to go up the river then down the river I'm sure there'd be a noticeable difference but with that 300 on there there's just no sense of running it that hard or you don't need to and uh, it's plenty fast without it so you know if, if guys are around you have have them uh, uh, sea arcs and stuff with them two twenty fives on it, and they'll run fifty mile an hour. Then all you got to do is run fifty three or fifty four, and you stay ahead of them. You know, it's just that simple. Well, Clint, what else you got tonight? Anything that you want to talk about in particular? <laughs>
3: Big Big River Blues. The CR tournament went real well, and I think the Missouri River was uh, well represented down there by Lynn Scott and Bo Brockman. Uh, uh, Jesse Lynn Scott, Bo Brockman took home second place from down there. And they did an excellent job, and I, I think uh, Brent Riddle was probably in the in the top uh, the top twenty or so that I saw. And I, I haven't got to look at it real close, guys. I've been pretty busy at work, but uh, I think they make a good appearance, and I think the. Missouri River guys overall I, I hope that uh, we're never counted out. We do do fish a lot and we fish in pretty good water. Uh, and I feel like most of these guys can compete anywhere they go in the, in the nation. Um, you know, just kind of like the guys on, on Wheeler down there, they can come up and fish the Missouri River and, and I think they can compete anywhere in the nation. You just, it's just uh, people like that and they're, they're real super people, you know. Um, just like down south, I'll be honest with you. We never even took our rods and reels out of the boat when we went down to winter down there Winter Blues on Winter. Never even took the rod and reels out of the boat, you know. Uh, you know, we don't have to worry about props getting lost, pulled off the back of our boat, or or you know, attacked in the middle of the night. And bake uh, was real easy down there, and people were super nice. And I think you'll find Missouri is kind of the same way. I mean, a lot of real nice people, always willing to help you out. We got a tire shop there in town. It's going to be open for that big tournament we have in, in August there, and uh, they're they're great people and uh, that's something to experience, too, uh, just just like down now.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that Bo and them was from over in your neck of the woods, but they did, you know, that's a heck of a feat they done. What they get second on that. I didn't, I never did hear what Brent got. I, I didn't know what he got. Was, I'd never seen it posted anywhere, so I wasn't sure what he done, but I knew that Bo Brockman and them guys, they, they tore it up. They was leading that for quite some time down there, and, uh, you know, another guy that we need to talk about on that that's not not fishes in Missouri River, especially, uh, Jason Bridges uh, fished with uh, Big Daddy, Jeff Dodd, and they put a giant in the boat down there. It was a 92 pounds or something like that. Uh, I mean, that has a great fish, and, and no, better, no better pair to catch it than them guys are. I mean, Jason's just a really good guy, and... Uh, Jeff Dodd, he's top notch all the way. So congratulations to them guys too. That's a great tournament. I, you know, uh, I, I still I, I get the part about it being an appreciation thing. But if you're in the business to sell boats, I I really don't understand how why they don't open that up. That, as good as that tournament is, uh, they could if they would open that up, they could have 200 boat tournaments out of that instead of 90 or whatever they had down there. Uh, this and, and you take a chance of selling somebody a new boat it that never has made sense to me but it's not my business i guess but you know that it, it was a good show and and it, it's beat everything went smooth the best i can tell so you know uh i was fortunate enough to get to fish one of them when they had him in saint louis and and uh very well run and, and those guys
2: did a, a job yeah don well, every Nick Domino won the Sea arc boat this year. Joey Pounders won it last year. And I think both of those guys are out of Mississippi. So it looks like they're trying to keep those Sea arcs over there in Mississippi, I guess. (laughs)
0: Uh, I don't know. know, (laughs) Joey and him had a pretty good day, too, I think, didn't he?
2: Well, his wife, uh, he had to leave early because of the baby or something. What happened with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his wife
0: delivered a baby. I don't believe they fished the tournament.
2: I think he left early, didn't he? I think so the day. Before.
0: I think so. And mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and, and that's the right thing to do, Joey. You done the you done exactly what you should have done and go home and, and be there with your wife having that baby. And I seen pictures of it. Great looking baby. They it, it'll be just fine. It'll be his future cat fishing partner and congratulations to you guys on that. But uh, you know, I have to I have to take my hat off to you, Joey, because there have been some guys. I know there'd have been some guys that say, you know, the baby's on his way. I can't do nothing. I'm gonna stay here and fish. But you done the right thing. You went home and, and took care of business, and
2: that's what you should have done. I mean, he was on pins and needles down here at Lay Lake last weekend. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I know it.
0: Well, Clint, every every week we give, uh, we give our guests uh, a few minutes or how much every time they need to talk about any sponsors or anybody that, that has helped them along the way or just anybody they want to talk about. And uh, you go ahead and, and uh, talk about whoever or however you want to or anything you want to for a little bit. And, uh, and uh, we'll see if we can't get this baby wrapped up here in a little while.
3: Well, the first people you got to thank is, of course, your your friends and family, and and uh, the time you spend away to go do things like that. Like I said, I think I had licenses in in nine states last year, and uh, was able to do that. And of course, the the job helps me do that. I work here at Heartland and I'm a GPS technician over here, and we do a lot of a lot of work in the spring and fall, and, and we hit it hard, and, and we work hard. Uh, but also, when it's time to play, they give you they give you time to play. You know. Family comes first, and uh, if you have a hobby and it fits the the mold, well, you can do that too. So you got to thank those things first. Missouri River Towing is our big sponsor this year, and and uh, Mr. Bill Jackson is the CEO of that. He's always done a great job. Uh, anything we need, he just he's just not a problem. He's just a super person again. Uh, just a just a great person to be around. Uh, great person to be involved with. I, I think he's a his success is contagious. You know, if you're around him, you understand why he is the way he is, and 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 just Great people. He and his wife both. Uh, Dale, I with Dale, and he talked a lot about the Missouri River. And he's done a great job, and and uh, he's got of course he's got a Sea Arc, real nice boat. So I'm always comfortable, and and uh, he runs Hummingbird Electronics, and so we got the Chevy Ford debate all the time in the boat anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> we have a great time together. Um, and, Everybody brings a, a different mold of fishing. You know, even though we all fish Missouri River, there's different. You know, Dale's extremely good on sandbars, and uh, I fished a lot with Brian Saunders and uh, and Marty yeah, Dara, and those guys are extremely good in the rocks or or fishing switches. And uh, you know, we ought to look at here, we ought to look there, and and there's different ways to graph the river. I fished with Ken Gargill, and. And uh, if you ever want a boat ride, you ought to go with him because that thing will flat fly and it'll make you pinch the seat a little bit. <laughs> but, but either way, I've tried to fish with him a little bit and it's a lot of fun. So, um, so those are the guys I'd like to say thank you to. And, and they've helped me a lot um, as far as fishing. And, and they give you, I didn't have to go through that mold where you, you, you buy a product and you figure out that it's a piece of junk and then you go buy something else and you, well that that worked better but it's still not great and so you gotta go get you keep on spending your money until you finally buy what you should have bought in the beginning and those guys are the guys you go to saying hey you know I'm I, I'm, I'm looking at prop, you know. I'm looking at props for my motor. Where do you think I ought to start at? Is it a 21 or a 23 or where do you think I ought to be? at Those guys are able to tell you, uh, you know, those kind of things. Well, I I struggled with that and I got five thousand dollars worth of props sitting in here on the on the on the garage floor that we, we struggled through before we found the one we wanted. Go take one and go try it out. You know, those you're always going to say thanks for that. And uh, and and there's a lot of people out there that that will show you a lot of things about the Missouri River. Uh, uh, and I hope that someday I'm able to pass that on to, to people I know and, and, uh, people have a have a love for it as I do. Uh, but I'm going to hammer on just a little bit. The regulations, uh, they're getting, they're bad in the Ohio river. And, and I saw that when I went down there and it was just, it was just terrible. You know, the people are great down there. the uh, the fishing was okay. It wasn't anything spectacular. The regulations are just terrible. And, um, uh, and they don't—they didn't take care of their fish. And the shame of it is, the guys who are getting lost now to take care of it. Probably won't see the fruits of their labor, but their kids might. You know, these these fish take thirty or forty years to grow up, and so they, they may never catch that hundred pounder down there for a while. Uh, but maybe their kids will if they can get these things passed And Missouri River's kind of getting the same way. We got bigger boats. There's ramps all over Missouri River. Uh, you got big gas tanks. You can run as far as you want to. You can have thirty-three hooks to a guy. Uh, I think we need to start. MDC, we need to start enforcing our rules a little bit better. Uh, if you have over 33 hooks, you know somebody needs to pound you on the head a little bit. You know, I think if you, if you're, uh, if you have more than 20 blue cats in your freezer at a time, that's against the law, and, and we need to take care of that accordingly. Uh, I saw where somebody broke the, the the new regulations there in Ohio, and they gave my $250 ticket. <laughs> I mean, uh, my gosh, you know, if if you're gonna break rules, I'd say take their truck, their car, their house, whatever you know I. I I if if you go out there and you shoot a bald eagle guess what guys I you you you're done for life you got jail time. but uh, if you go out there and you just want to take oogles and googles of of 60 and 70 pound fish off the Ohio River uh, It just pass 250 bucks and you can go home just take all your nets and then just go home. You gotta, if you're going to have rules you gotta have some way to enforce them and 250 bucks and that, that ain't that's <laughs> no, not that's hardly a slap on the hand so I that's that's kind of my rant for the day and I hope people Uh, recognize the sport and and appreciate it for what it is.
0: Well, you know, and I'm glad you said something. I I try to make a point every week. You know, the the way you get things done uh, with conservation departments or the DNR, whoever's in your area is not lighting them up on Facebook. It's sending letters. It's sending emails. It's sending messages to your Department of Conservation and Missouri Department of Conservation. I hope they flood you guys because... Uh, three years, you guys been telling me about the, the studies that's going on on the Mississippi-Missouri River, whether we need these length limits on the rivers. I know we do. Everybody knows we do, but you do, and you're still dragging your feet. People get that cards and letters out to them guys send them emails they have to read every email before they start their day's work and if they had to sit every day for a month and read emails about people bitching about not getting their regulations in I'd be thrilled I know that's not going to happen but that's what needs to be happened because if there's any place that needs regulations it's the Missouri and Mississippi River especially Mississippi River uh, and they put them on Lake Ozark and Truman now, they need them too they should be statewide it shouldn't pick and choose uh, and, and if if they're not checking these guys, they need to be checking them. And you're right, Clint. If you get caught with a one over thirty, if you got two over thirty-four, and, and you get caught with that third one, take that boat, take that boater, take that truck, take their fishing license for a year, and give them a ten thousand dollar fine. And I promise you, they won't never do it again. That's just the way it is. Mm. Yep. You got to make. you yep, got agree with the, that. I.
3: I... You got to make the penalty yeah,
0: I, I... To match the crime.
3: That's where I'm at. And if you're a commercial fisherman and you're making $3 a pound on a $70 fish, you know, what's a $250 ticket down there? And I, I mean, I went up to the upper Mississippi and those guys are setting nets in the winter in every hole in the upper Mississippi. They're setting nets in every hole in the upper Mississippi in the winter. That's right. I mean, how, that's how that's many fish do you want? I mean, good God almighty. Well, so, yeah, they take them. And down never, south, you know, like I said, if there's a pound, you're every time here, it comes to your door, it's. Just ridiculous. two bucks. If you're in guy's shoes, I'd say you'd pay the ticket, walk home, grab an extra set of nets, and head back to the river and do it again. What's two hundred bucks?
0: That's exactly right. They find them wintering holes. and They'll go in there and they'll fish it and take three, four thousand pounds out of that wintering hole until there's no fish left to catch. Then they'll go to the next one and do the same thing. And, and our Department of Conservation sits there on their butts and they've been told and told and told this is going on, yet they do nothing about it. And, and there's no reason for that. There's no reason. That's just asinine. But anyhow...
3: I agree. I agree.
0: I'm going to get off of that because I, the longer I go, the worse I get so we're going to let that go for tonight we'll start it up next week again probably. Clint, thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. We really appreciate you spending your time with us and uh, we've got a couple of things to do but uh, we're going to let you go and, and take care of what you do. And I'm not even sure you've had dinner yet but we appreciate you spending your time talking about the Missouri River and the Brunswick Tournament and all that stuff and making people aware of conservation practices that we need to put into
3: effect appreciate it a lot Lyle and Chuck thanks a lot guys
0: all right buddy talk to you soon
3: I guys
2: see you later <laughs> thanks Clayton
3: all right
0: all right Thank the you. next thing on the list for tonight would be Doc's tech tip what do you got for us tonight Doc
1: well what we have are these little night eyes gear ties uh, you can get these at home depot and they're, what they are is a rubber coated wire that will not uh, mar any surface you put it on and you can use this to tie trolling motors, you can I use them for everything on my boat uh, I started using these last year Uh, my son Travis went and got these for my birthday so if any of my kids are listening to this (laughs) program tonight dad's birthday is at the end of this month I can always use these. These you can get at Home Depot and all you have to do is stick them on a piece of equipment just tie them and voila there it is and you just unbend it again and just hundreds and hundreds of uses around the boat, uh, I use them for everything, to tie nets, to tie rods, uh, even the, on the, on my Lowrance and my Simrad, the covers have a tendency of popping off, I take one of these big ones and just put it around there, it doesn't mar it or anything, just use them over and over and over, awesome piece of equipment here.
0: You know, that no, no marring stuff is, is extremely important uh, on a lot of pieces of equipment. You don't want to get them all scratched up. And if that doesn't scratch them up, that's an outstanding piece of equipment.
1: Right, yeah. And I mean, I use these for electrical cords. You can take these, wrap your electrical cords, hang them up in the garage. All, just hundreds and hundreds of uses. Excellent. So that's Doc's, that's Doc's tip and trick for the night.
0: That's awesome. That's, that's just outstanding. Uh, you know, and, and you were saying before that, what, a, a bundle of them, a pretty good size bundle is just a few dollars?
1: Yeah, it was about 20 bucks for about, I, I think it's $20 for like 20 of them, and they're all different sizes. And, uh, they last forever. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I've been using these for a, a year now, and I, I've never broke one. Uh, you know, I just keep using them over and over and over.
0: That's awesome, they, man! After, they
1: got all kinds of different colors. You know, you can. This one's bright orange. They got green. They got black. They they got all kinds of different colors. So you you can color coordinate your boat if you want to do your trolling motor that kind of stuff. If you really want to stand out in front of the crowd, this is the thing to have.
0: Justin Wolf says they're great for blunt, bundling rods together when you're traveling down the road going to these tournaments yep. too. Mm-hmm. That's an outstanding yep. tip. Good 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 deal, Doc uh chuck what do you got for closing statements tonight
2: i don't have much uh i don't even know what day it is we're working seven days a week right now we're moving our manufacturer's facility from one location to the other and me being the only maintenance man technician electrician uh all bundled in one i'm staying pretty busy and i was pretty lucky to get to come home tonight and do the show um they they had plans for me tonight but some things went wrong, so we're going to have to wait and do it tomorrow. I wouldn't be here right now. So the next month's going to be hectic. I'm going to try to throw a tournament on on the 23rd on one of my favorite lakes on the Coosa River, Neely Henry, uh, with the Alabama Catfish Trail, and I hope I can get off of that tournament. And as soon as this month's over, it's going to be a big, deep breath and relax the rest of the summer.
0: Oh, good deal, good deal. Doc, you have any closing statements?
1: I'm in uh, Kingston, Tennessee. I'm fishing the Cabela's tournament this weekend with my partner, uh, Daniel Vance. Uh, hopefully, we do good. Um, hopefully, I would, Monday, next Monday night, I'll bring a, a, a win home for uh, my team.
0: Excellent, excellent. We wish you guys the very best of luck down there. I'm glad you got the phone thing figured out. It was really cool to have you on the, doing the phone thing. I, you know, Like I told you guys before the show started, Brent Riddle done a, a video with us, a show uh, in, in the early stages of Catfish Weekly, and, and he done it on his phone, and I know it can be done. I don't have an interest in learning that kind of stuff. I don't even text. You know, if somebody gets sends me a text and they wonder why I don't answer, it's because every time I hit a button, I hit three or four, and nobody can read what they are, so I just don't screw with it. But uh, you know, I, I will once in a while if I'm sitting here waiting on something to dry or something, I'll try to sit there and pick up a pen or a pencil or something and 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 try to get the right numbers. But that and, and I definitely I'm not doing it going down the road. That ain't going to happen. But uh, you know, you guys figuring that stuff out to be able to do that stuff on these phones is outstanding. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, wait, what? I got something going on here. Hang on. Scott Ross says, old people usually don't text. Well, you're right about that, Scott. You are you are 100% correct about that. Uh, I, the only thing that I really got going on is, is um, the Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament will will have their Jack and Jill Tournament Saturday the 23rd. Uh, it'll be in Canton, Missouri on the Mississippi River. If you guys uh, get a chance to make that tournament, the entry fee is $100 pre-entry, and I think it's a 120-day tournament. It's a great event. There'll be a lot of good fishermen there. It's an added money tournament. I think they've got $2,500 added money. They also have a, uh, a $500 CR money for the in a drawing if you're in a sea arc and you're in that tournament they'll draw your name out out of a hat whoever gets that wins the five hundred dollars uh there's probably some other added money that that i am not aware of at this time but that'll be a really good time you have to have at least one man and one woman in the boat you can have a third member of any age uh jump on there check that stuff out twisted cat outdoors it's a great event uh Going to have a good time up there, so you guys make sure that you uh you get a chance to go go uh go fishing.
3: It's
0: on uh, a Sunday. Oh, I I was just been informed that it is on a Sunday. Uh, I don't know how I've got it wrote. Well, I do have because this calendar actually has Monday as the first day, but the tournament is on the 24th of April, uh, and that's instead of the 23rd. It's 110 the day of the tournament and 100 uh, if you pre-enter for that tournament. So if you get a chance, give Alex Nagy a shot and uh, a shout, and he'll give you all the correct information, which evidently I did not have. So, But, you know, it's not my job anymore. It's his, and he does a heck of a job with it. So uh, I think that'll do it for tonight. Uh, for Chuck Davidson and Doc Lang, I'm Lyle Stokes, and uh, thanks for watching Catfish
3: Weekly.